0: Welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I am your host. And today, we are doing another special episode with a very special guest. She's a recording and a performing artist, local here from Houston, Texas, Aubrey. Hi. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I am fantastic, living the dream, girl. Living the live sound, recording sound, dream.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm happy to be here.
0: And we're happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Why music? What brought it on? So for me, I've always felt, I can remember from a really young age, having that exposure to to music and to art and to performing and to all of those things. Um, my mom put me in modeling, um, ads and auditions and things like that when I was little, cause she used to model. So she was trying to pass down, um, I guess the, the skill or whatnot. And so I was doing that a little bit as a toddler, as like a two or three year old and getting comfortable in front of a camera. And then from there, um, I was really inspired growing up by Lizzie McGuire, Cheetah Girls and Hannah Montana. Um, which probably every girl my age was, but I just took it very seriously. And I aspired to be like, I guess a combination of all of them. I would just watch the movies constantly, watch Lizzie McGuire episodes constantly memorize all the words to all all the songs dance around um you know in the living room to the cuz the Cheetah Girls had the choreography with the acting with the fashion with everything so my closet was like all cheetah as well and it was just and my first like concert too was at the rodeo probably in 2004 2006 um the Cheetah Girls came with i think with uh, Hillary Duff. They did like a duo thing, so I wow. saw both of them. That was my first concert. So just all of that like early exposure to, I mean, in my mind they were all pop stars. You know, they were doing what to me was pop music at the time. I didn't really know anything else, um, and so I just really inspired to to be them because that was a, such a huge part of my childhood. And, you know, my mom also growing up, she exposed me to a lot of different kinds of music. So, you know, 80s, 90s, house, just everything. And it made me have like a real appreciation for different kinds of um, like a fusion sort of sound of like what could be cool and what could be popular. And it, it wasn't just like one sound to me at that point. It was a lot of different kinds of genres that I enjoyed. Um, and was inspired by. So that's kind of what uh, motivated me to do music in the first place, which was my mom's, um, you know, eclectic, um, you know, collection of different music. And back then we were still listening to CDs. So, you know, you would put on one CD and listen to the whole album. and um, And then just my childhood with all the pop girlies from Disney Channel, so.
0: Oh, honey. I still have all of my CDs and the burnt CDs. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. My poor lateralis CD <laughs> looks
1: crazy, but that thing is still going. And it's hard to keep up with them, too. I still have a couple for my childhood, but to be honest, they're a little bit scratched up because they've been, I've moved a lot as well. I've moved about 10 or 11 times, uh, maybe more in my my whole life. So. It's it's hard to keep up with the physical, you know, every time you move, you have to make sure it doesn't scratch and it's still intact and inside the. And so it it makes it easier, I guess, now to consume music digitally, but it's still so nostalgic to hold on to some of those um, like childhood. Like, I hope I still have my iPod lying around somewhere that I, you know, streamed all my music on in elementary and middle school.
0: Oh, my God. You know. I miss having an MP3 player, just a separate MP3 player,
1: because, you know, nowadays
0: you need your phone for 20 other different things.
1: Yes. To have that separation is so cool because, you know, like, okay, this is just for music. And so it's like more special. That's what it is for sure.
0: Yes. You're not going to receive a text on it and stop your music and get distracted. You're just like, no, wait, what else do I want to listen to? Like,
1: yes. Yes. And I'm kind of grateful now that you say that I'm grateful that I grew up in an era where you could just consume music like wholeheartedly and and not have a bunch of other distractions. Because I didn't get my first phone until I want to say sixth grade or so. And at that point, I was exposed to like a lot of music already that I was so dedicated and I wasn't distracted as much as I probably would be if I was growing up now trying to consume music. But there's at the same time, there's a lot of really great artists, you know, indie and signed and, you know, pop alternative. There's a lot out there too, but, you know, it, it was cool to grow up in that era, like you were saying with CDs and iPods and all that.
0: I mean, you, you know, you didn't have YouTube yet until probably like, I know I don't remember YouTube until probably when I was in middle school. Okay? Exactly. You know, I didn't have an option to go listen to a music video when I wanted to, you know? So I would listen to the CD and then I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till I see them live.
1: Now with the next
0: thing. And then you see them live and it's just everything you ever wanted it to be. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This generation doesn't know the feeling.
1: Yes. I mean, but luckily live shows still are very important for artists and they hold a lot of value and a lot of weight. And thank God live shows are coming back after the pandemic and stuff. I'm going to be performing here um, actually a week from tomorrow so that'll be really awesome to get back because it's been a while for me too so um, it's really fun on both ends to go see live shows and to also perform they're both really enjoyable I try to go to live shows as much as I can so
0: indeed same Um, being um, a music head a metal head an audio engineer or whatever just a human being uh, I like to expose myself to music from different mediums. I have a record player. I have a CD player. I have a stereo player. I have my my iPod. I have this and that. And I just like, wow, it sounds so different on all these different mediums. But, you know, real good music will transcend through whatever medium it's going through. Yes, absolutely. You know? And uh, that's helpful to mainly the artist, of course. They created this wonderful music.
1: Yes. And that's my goal, too, is wherever you're listening, whether it's in your car or just the speaker on your phone, um, we try really hard to make sure that, um, as, as time progresses and as I make more music, that the mixes are, are as clean as possible and that the music just feels good overall. And a lot of that has to do with the mix, but, um, just even lyrically speaking and the, the melodies and everything like it. I, I as time goes on, because I've I've had I've been doing solo work since uh, 2017. I think is when I like officially founded ABRY or Aubrey is how you pronounce it. But um, but before then, you know, I was in bands and stuff like that as well. Um, and but just over the years in general, it's it's really important that um, that I craft music that I would want to listen to as well. Um, and that it sounds good on all mediums, you know, record player, car, just sound systems. And so that's why I'm really excited for my new music that I'm putting out this year, because um, we've been working on it for, gosh, like probably two years, this this album. So minimum two, two years, two and a half.
0: I, I can tell. Listening to yourself, I can tell that you not just spent time on writing and creating the music, but really putting forth the effort in the studio, in the mix, I can really see that you put a lot of time and dedication to that, which I can appreciate.
1: Yeah. It. So during COVID, that's when it really hit me that I, I wanted to create a body of work that I'm proud of and a concept and a Um, just like a, a sonic world that could really launch me as an artist. And, you know, every artist has their own journey and their own path. Some, some artists want to just do singles and see how singles do. And some people want to create an album. And so for me, I, I decided during quarantine, like I really wanted to make an album. So, um, so that's what we did. We wrote uh, the bulk of everything during COVID and we're going to start releasing songs soon. So I'm really excited. Wow. I mean,
0: and I commend you for that. Like, how was that experience for you working during COVID?
1: It It was really inspirational in certain ways because being, you know, tucked away and not really being able to go out as much made you reflect more and made you you know, get inside your head a little bit more about what is it that I really want to write about? What is it that I really want to say? And, um, it was just a perfect opportunity for me to fully experiment with my sound. So, um, that's, that's what we did. We we were experimenting and writing and just kind of getting as many ideas out as possible. And then, you know, the last year and this year, we're just kind of refining those ideas and refining those, those songs so that they can be, you know, Spotify ready, Apple music ready, all of the streaming platforms. It could be release ready. So, um, it's, it's really cool. I would say, you know, sonically speaking, musically speaking, it's a mix of alternative pop and, you know, pop rock kind of, and then there's some other songs on there that are going to be more dance And more have club like elements in it that make you want to move and, you know, dance and just overall, no matter, even if it's a slower song that I'm making, I want everything to hit hard and I want people to like feel something. And I think that's the goal for a lot of artists. They just want to they just want the listener to feel something and relate to um, even in a small way, just relate to what the song is is saying. So
0: lovely, lovely. And so what do you say are, would be some of the things that are important to have for you in the recording aspect, like in the studio, in the mix? What are some things that are helpful to you to really bring out the inspiration to give your best performance?
1: Well, it would. I think it's going to catch some people by surprise when I say like my environment and where I record and how I record is very simple. It's I don't go to a crazy, like expensive, elaborate studio to write or to record or to sing or do any of those things while you, you can, and a lot of artists do, it's not necessarily necessary. Um, so for example, when we were recording during COVID, we were like, my vocal booth was a closet. And so we were like literally recording in a closet um, and and that's how simple it can be as long as you have the the tools and, and an experienced producer with with some sort of DAW so Pro Tools Logic whatever you use um, as long as they know what they're doing you don't really and I'm glad I learned that pretty early on because it can be misleading for for aspiring artists they think like oh if I get into this nice studio I'm gonna get like a hit or I'm going to get, and it's not necessarily the case. It's more just like the quality of musicians and producers that you're surrounding yourself with and quality of songwriters. You can make a good song anywhere. Truly. You can, you can write a good song anywhere. A lot of my best ideas come from when I'm laying down and I'm about to fall asleep. Um, It like stuff will hit me. And it's really weird because you're not in a proper state. You're not super conscious, but stuff will just, pop up. And then when I'm in the shower, like song ideas will hit me when I'm driving, songs will hit me when I'm traveling. And just when you're, when you're living life, like inspiration will hit. You don't have to go to a physical place, like a studio to achieve a good lyricism. Um, You know, like you can practice and write and do it anywhere. So like the tools that I like swear by are like my notes app, like just writing it in my phone, even though sometimes like I like the old fashioned pen and paper. Um, it's a little bit more time consuming to, to write so, physically. So I like to use my phone cause it's really quick to get a quick idea down. And uh, voice notes is really powerful too. Cause it captures the audio and you know, good enough quality to hear the, the melody. And then, then I present that to my producer and I basically, he's gives me the pass or the like go um, as far as if we're going to move forward with that direction or not. And sometimes it's, it's like, it's a good idea. And then from there, you, that's the inspiration for something else that happens or evolves. So that's happened to me a lot too, is like, I wanted to start a song titled this and it sounds like this. And then, uh, my producer will kind of shape it. It'll be a baseline, but then we'll just start messing around and doing, um, scats. So that's another huge thing for me too, when I'm in the studio is, um, scats. So like, like, you know, just kind of messing around and just going off of what feels good. What, um, cause, and, and the greats do that as well, like Post Malone and Michael Jackson and, um, Doja Cat. And I mean, really anyone big totally knows about scatting and is doing that for, for everything, so it's like the the melody first, and then the lyrics, and they have to it. That's the only order in which things will feel the best. It's it's not usually for me lyrics first. Sometimes they'll come at the same time. I'll think of the melody and the lyrics at the same time, and it works. But most mostly, it'll be like a song title, and then I'll start scatting and messing around with melodies in the studio to come out come out with like the final product.
0: That's very interesting that you talk about scatting in particular as a unique method that you use for your music and your music production. Um, Before I went into audio engineering, I actually studied to get my bachelor's in linguistics. Didn't get to finish because the online program was uh, difficult with working a job. But uh, regarding to that, I can see how uh, the scat technique, which can be similar to one of the earliest methods of communication, you know, you thinking of cavemen grunting and things like that, but that goes all the way back to that era. And it's a reward system for the brain when we hear certain things like that. That feel good, yeah. Exactly. You don't necessarily need a vernacular of perfect eloquence to make your point. Sometimes the simplest of words, like I love you, I'm sorry, thank you, can be the most effective. So it's interesting that you say that the scatting gets your mind, you know, in a place of inspiration and creativity, because unbeknownst to you, maybe, possibly, in your subconscious, you're going all the way back to an era you weren't even a part of. Isn't that fascinating?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just so fun, too, because you surprise yourself with... Like sometimes the scats will just turn into words all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, I'm actually singing words now. And it's just, it's so funny because that it does go back to like the beginning of time, I guess, in certain ways. <laughs> and you are
0: saying words. I mean, there are languages that have yet to be defined to be discovered. There are dead languages. There are languages that only two people in the world speak. So for someone to say, well, you're not saying anything, you're mumbling. How do you know? Are you a linguist? Yeah,
1: And some artists too, it's really interesting. Um, When you listen to their music, sometimes all I hear is scats. I don't even understand what they're singing. And sometimes it's a good thing. Like, because as long as it feels good, they're going to get streams. They're going to get the numbers. They're going to get the fans because people just like, like I said earlier, they want to feel something and they want a good beat to go with it. And it's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's just funny that, that there are some artists out there that as far as articulating Um, it's, it's mostly scats so that they're, they're, it's, it kind of sounds like a hum or, a like, a moaning or a, you know, very casual way of singing. Um, so it's, it's definitely a stylistic preference, kind of like auto tune or something like that. It's kind of like, can be considered an effect depending on the artist and depending on the song and depending on the genre, but, um, you know, I'm definitely out here articulating my words. So hopefully people, you know, cause I want people to learn my lyrics and really like have fun at shows and like sing with me and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this upcoming show. So hopefully some people come that know already gone or panic, I don't know, some local fans. We'll see.
0: <laughs> wow. Like that's very impressive though. You know, like, uh, that exceeded like, Wow. Like that was, that was very well said that you put there. I don't know if you intended that, but damn, you blew my mind, honey. Like <laughs> ooh, it's back there somewhere. Well, like a good example
1: is like <laughs> Doja Cat. Cause she'll go like in her format, she'll go like really high and then really low, low, low. And then like, like, it's like very rhythmic and stuff. And that's all like scat stuff. That's all like what kind of, I mean, she goes very extreme, but. A more dumbed down version, I guess, is kind of like what I do when I'm making a song. It's like what what's rhythmic, what feels good, what sounds good, and then that's like the magic. I mean, honestly, making music is so magical if you think about it because you're ev- everything has to align, like the beat, the lyrics, the um, just everything, like the melodies, everything just has to align perfectly for it to for it to, I guess, blow up or be viral or do well. There's so many um, things that have to work out. So, you know, I, I study the greats. I mean, I study like Max Martin and, um, just people that I like to listen to. I'm always paying attention to how they, you know, saying things and how they wrote and how they're, you know, cause it's, I mean, that's what I'm aspiring to be. So that's like who I look up to, you know? And, and that's all like incredibly impressive, though, really, truly,
0: like, I really appreciate that. I hope that people watching and listening to this understand and appreciate this. And if you don't hit the rewind button, because you missing out on some gold here. Okay, like <laughs> some serious gold. Okay. But uh, that's very impressive that you say that. And I like that because uh, clearly you have the far more in-depth understanding of it. I can't tell because I'm not in your physical shoes, obviously. But yes, you're right you musicians are magical and shut your dirty mouth because you don't have a dumbed down version. You have a different version. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a Jackson Pollock fan, but we're not going to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? It's a taste thing. Yeah. So you have a different version, but I find that very fascinating that you have that, that, uh, ideology when it comes to your music production. It's very impressive.
1: Yeah. And I'm very, I mean, just to, I guess, round everything out. I'm very particular and hard on myself. So, scats can take a while. I mean, it could just be a whole day of scats, um, until it it just, the songs have to be perfect. And that's why it takes longer sometimes to put out music as an independent artist, because, um, you're just, you're taking that time out to like, I've been doing this for as, I mean, I've been doing music for forever, but going solo, you know, five years. So for me, it's just been a lot of, like, a process, you know, um, even going back to, like, Dangerous to now. I feel like my voice, like, my singing voice has changed a lot. And that's all intentional. That's all, like, me working to, to sing better. And that's an age thing, too. When I recorded Dangerous, I was only—I um, I think I just graduated high school, so I must have been 18. And my voice was really deep. And that's a common thing, too, for female singers when they're younger— they have a more alto, raspier, deeper voice for some reason. And then as you get older, you learn how to sing brighter. So that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been like learning how to sing brighter and, and better and similar to, I guess, other artists, how they sing. I'm, I emulate, that's like a tip if anybody that's listening that does music is just emulate like who you listen to and emulate what you enjoy listening to. Um, ultimately, cause you want other people to listen, right? So you, you want to emulate, uh, what you want to hear. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing that the past couple of years and obviously making a lot of demos and experimenting with the genre. Cause there's a lot of sub genres of pop, you know, there's different way, different directions you can go. So it's been fun to experiment with that over the past couple of years.
0: And your recent single that you released called Panic, I noticed, you know, listening to some of your older tracks, you know, from before and listening to Panic, I was like, yeah, I can see the progression in the music production and in your range. And like overall, like, uh, it's not just like, oh, she was this age and now she's this age. Like, I can feel that you've grown
1: musically. Exactly. Yes. And that track was kind of inspired by, um, I was listening to a lot of Kim Petras at the time. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I am. But she has a Halloween album, like a whole, I, I forgot what it's called, uh, Turn Off the Lights Volume 1, I think is what it's called. But um, all of her songs, like as far as a production, is very cinematic and very hard-hitting um, and just really like interesting to listen to because I feel like a lot of pop artists weren't doing anything like what she was doing at the time. Um, and not only that, her voice is incredible. Um, it like cuts through the mix a lot, kind of like Katy Perry. Um, and so... I was just like, I really want to make a song that would be kind of like on Turn Off the Lights if it, you know, if I was like submitting to be on her album or something. I don't know. I was just so inspired by the kind of pop she was making at that time. So I think I actually made that one in 2019 and then we ended up releasing it in 2021. So sometimes, you know, I've, I've sat on songs a, a while because, you know, it's, it's one of those things you don't know if you want to put stuff out, um, and then you end up, it's, it's the constant struggle of when you create stuff. You're like, uh, oh, people going to like it. Are people going to understand? Is this going to work? Is this going to be good? And then, you know, it's like trial and error a lot as an independent artist, for sure.
0: And, uh, bless your heart, you know, and that's wonderful that, you know, you keep on doing it even regardless of whatever may come your way. Exactly. You have to. So what are some of the things that you do, you know, uh, for yourself to make sure that you don't stay off track, that no matter what happens, how hard it is, you stay on track?
1: Well, to be honest, it's hard sometimes just because it can be easy to get discouraged if you're not constantly like seeing results that you want. But um, having a good group of people around you to support you when you don't feel like going on or, you know that's like what's really important. So like a good group of friends, a good group of collaborators, having support from your family is really important. Having like uh, fans, even if it's like a small group, a small community, that's important. Networking with other musicians so that you keep each other accountable is important. Going out and, you know, just like watching other Shows whether or not you're like networking with them or not because they might not be local they might be bigger it's all really important information it's all valuable to me and that's why you know I was saying earlier I go I try to go as to as many live shows as possible because whether they're like big or small I I don't really care I like just seeing like what other people are doing and I like seeing kind of like the crowds reactions to certain songs and it's just all really it's like kind of like studying a little bit as an artist, watching other artists. You're it's, it's more, it's, it's fun, but it's also like an educational experience. Um, so I, I really, I love going to live shows and I love just meeting people and that that's what helps me. Um, and then Music for Sad People, I recently met him. Um, and it's been nice to have a a local artist to kind of talk to about projects and and stuff like that and shows he invited me to come on and open so you know and if I didn't go to his album release party and met him I might not have had the opportunity so stuff like that like just going out and and meeting people will will keep you inspired and keep you going
0: and mentioning that you are going to be doing your show which is coming up on June 10th which will be here in South Houston at Almeida Mall yes and you'll be opening for Music for Sad People, like you said. Are you excited?
1: I am because, well, first of all, I'm going to be performing a lot of like unreleased stuff. So that's always fun just to see how people respond. But also the venue is like brand new. So, you know, we're going to be the debut first kind of, you know, ever to play there. So oh, wow. it'll be really interesting. And I've gone to see the space a couple times um, and it's really big. So. Hopefully a lot of people show up because there's a lot of space to fill.
0: Ooh, so you're going to bless that stage,
1: girl. Oh, yes. Yes. That's so exciting. Oh, yes. I'm really wonderful. excited. Yeah. And it's always fun, like pre-show to like go shopping and try to find like the cutest outfit. And just there's a lot of planning, a, a lot of it's a lot of work, um, but it's very rewarding because I thoroughly enjoy performing. I've been performing since I was little. So, you know, I was like in school plays and then that transferred into, I joined a band when I was like 11 or 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was like my first band. And then from there, when I was in high school, I joined another band called Dark Spark Rays. They were um, a Houston indie band. I don't know if they're still active, but I did that in high school. And then from there I did ABRY. So I've constantly kind of been performing, but in this context of where it's like my own music, it's a lot more personal to me and it like holds a lot more weight. So I take every, whether there's like two people in the audience or like 200 or 2000, like I take every performance very seriously.
0: Indeed. And as, as, uh, the fans should as well, you know, because Uh, I worked, before I was an engineer, I worked as a stagehand for three years. So I've set up shows. I've tore down shows. So you know it takes a lot of work
1: to put on a show. Yes. Yes.
0: I've done music events, sporting events, nonprofit events, game events. I mean, I've done them all, honey, you know. And uh, regardless of what it is, if it's a concert or if it's a car show or if it's a nonprofit event, the show must go on and it needs to be immaculate. It needs to be safe. It needs to be clean. And it needs to be ready. Because... The the performer or the entertainer put a lot of effort into this event. Exactly. And the fans have expectations for it. So it's not the performer's fault, the entertainer's fault. They're paying,
1: fault. you know? Yeah. So they want to see a show. Yeah. So we have to give them a show. Right.
0: It's not the performer or entertainer's fault if the LED screen has a, you know, come of the pic- pickles. Excuse me, can't talk. Pixels are gone. It's yeah. like, video person,
1: can we please... <laughs> exactly. There's a lot, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. The sound engineers, the band, um, the the people that work at the venue it, to make sure everything. So it means a lot when people show up and it means a lot when people buy the merch as well, because that's the best way that you can support an independent artist right now. If, if you stream my song, I want to say 5,000 times, it's the equivalent of payment for one shirt. So you might as well just buy a shirt unless you want to stream my song 5,000 times, but you know, you can buy a shirt. So I will, with that said, I will have merch at this show. It's like my first show with merch, which is really exciting. Um, And I think I have three or four different design, shirt designs. Excellent. So it's like, I'm going to have a design hopefully for everybody, every kind of person, young, old, you know, whatever. And yeah, so definitely support local musicians buy their merch and buy anything they have pens stickers whatever so I think I'm just gonna have shirts and posters I think for this show but for future shows hopefully I'll have like a a wide spectrum of different merch people can purchase
0: excellent that's so exciting and yes people support local artists okay because they are the reason why you woke up this morning let's be honest (laughs) you know, because you guys are, are the ones on the front lines really doing the most, you know, everybody listens to music yes. and it takes a lot of courage to perform your music for people.
1: Well, and it takes courage to pursue music as a career in general, because it's not safe. It's not the safe choice. So, you know, cause I could have easily gotten a corporate job, but that's boring. Like who wants to do that with their life? I don't. So that's why I was like, I need to do something that I'm really passionate about. And music has just always been something that I've been passionate about. It's like you're trying to push something away and it keeps coming back. That's like what music was for me. I was like, there's no way of getting around this, you know, like I started like going into studios, like recording with people by myself, even before ABRY, like I want to say when I was like 15 or 16, I started recording demos with producers um, while I was still in Dark Spark Rays. And I realized after that, like, I was like, man, I, I want more like creative control. I don't want to like play other people's songs. So that's why I, you know, pursued it solo, but I've always pursued music is what I'm saying. Like I've always, cause that's been my main, and I was a huge, like choir nerd too (laughs) Uh, in high school. That's something a lot of people don't know about me. I was very, like, I was like the choir nerd. That's the only thing I did. I didn't do any sports or anything like that. That was my main elective for four years. Cause you could, there's like a minimum in high school. Like you only have to do like a semester or something of arts, which is BS. I think that it should be required for all four years. But anyways, it was only like a semester or two. And I was like, there's no way, like I'm doing it all four years. And so that, that really helped me as well, as far as like the classical vocal training. So, you know, a lot of experiences led me to this point. So I'm very like proud of myself and I'm very excited for like the future because I've been working for this moment um, or for just future success. I've been working at it a long time, you know, whether I consciously realized for exactly what for or not, it has been working towards being successful in my music career. So
0: and indeed, you should be proud of yourself because you have a lot to be proud of, you know? Well, thank, thank you. you. Well, and thank you, man. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this, uh, you know, information
1: and your experience with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And y'all come out to, whoever's listening, come out to um, see us at a Mall June 10th.
0: Yes, doors open at 6.30, shows at 7. I think the doors
1: are at 8.00. But you know what? Just get there early, y'all. Yeah, just get there early early for parking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you heard it from her yourself. Okay, guys? So is there any last little bit of advice you'd like to give the listeners? Um, As cliche as it sounds, don't give up on your dreams. Whatever you're passionate about, just keep going. Because we don't live long enough to sit back and, and think what if or maybe or sometime in the future I'll get to it. Just... Start now and take small steps to get where you want to go because nothing good happens overnight. It takes hard work. It takes effort and it takes, you know, just it takes time. So start small and take small steps to get to where you want to go. And you'll thank yourself later when you look back on your life. Y'all need to listen to this lady because she
0: dropping gold, just just free gold. Okay. Like, I mean, y'all don't want money. Y'all don't want to get paid. (laughs) I want to get paid. I'm going to get paid then. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening this week. I know you learned something. I'm not going to ask because I know you did. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.